Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope wherever you're listening, you are blessed by this week's message. I'm so excited for this new series that we're going to be going into today. And trust me, you want to get locked in because for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about open doors. You know, open doors is a concept that the Bible has a lot to say about. God has a lot to say about what open doors mean and more importantly, what it means to you. And so I want you to really get excited about this. And I also want you to just take this time to grab some, uh, some juice and a little piece of bread. Towards the end of this service, we're going to take communion. We're going to celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. We're going to proclaim victory in his body, in his blood. And we're just going to have an amazing time. So get locked in with me. I just believe that you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying today. And I just want to encourage you to invite your friends into this, into this broadcast. Chat it up in the chat box. Let, let, let people know what the Lord is saying to you. We're going to have a great time. Let's start off with the book of Revelations. Revelations chapter 3, verse 5. This is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to a church, and he says this. He says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. I want you to think about that concept. Jesus is saying, I have placed before you an open door. And as you know, a door could be open, it could be closed, it could be locked, there could be double doors, it could be uh, a swinging door, a sliding door, a door you push, a door you pull. But Jesus said, I'm setting before you an open door. What does that mean? What is he explaining? What, what, what is he getting over to us? He's saying simply that there is an opportunity that you have, and this is an opportunity you don't have to work for, you don't have to push, you don't have to pull, right? There are different kinds of doors, but you don't have to do any of that. This is an open door, and that means this is something that's being made available to you freely, and I want you to really think about what I'm saying here, that Jesus is saying this to the church, and he's saying, I have set before you an open door. Is it possible that there's, there's before you an open door? I remember years ago during an experiment, we actually did a little video, and it was interesting because the Lord kind of showed me this concept when he came to doors. And he showed me how you can hold a door open for somebody, but many times as people are approaching the door, they'll still open up their own door. And we, we actually went to a, a mall area. It was, it was myself and a couple of other team members. And uh, we, we did this experiment, and we filmed it. And we wanted to see if there was someone that was holding the door open, right, for the public to just use, but yet there were other doors. How many people would actually walk through the open door versus going to a door that's closed and opening their own door? And to our surprise, what we found was that most people, even though there was a door that was open, they decided to open their own door. And I want you to know something that God is saying, look, there are times to open doors. There are times to knock on doors. There are times to push doors open, pull on doors. But there's something special about an open door. And when Jesus is saying, I have set before you an open door, what he's saying is there are some opportunities that you're not going to have to work for. There's some things I'm going to put before you that you're not going to have to strive for. There's some things that are just seemingly going to fall in your lap. That's what you call an open door. 
And I want to let you know that I sense in my spirit that today God is setting before you an open door, an open door. And if, you, if you're taking notes, I want you to just lock in on this because really what I see in my spirit is that the door will open for you automatically, automatically. There will be doors that will open automatically for you. Notice what Jesus says. He says, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. I want you to know this right now. By the Spirit, I'm speaking to you that there are things that God has opened up for you. And you're not going to have to strive. You, 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 you strove hard enough, okay? You, you pushed hard enough. You've prayed hard enough. And thank God you pray. Thank God for your, your tenacity, your faith. But I'm telling you right now, some things are about to fall on your lap. And it's going to seem like, wow, this just came. How did this just happen automatically? I didn't work for this. The Lord is saying something. I've seen your works. Do you realize that Jesus sees your works? He sees the times that you've prayed. He sees the times that you have fasted. He sees the time that you have denied your flesh, things that you wanted to do, but you knew it wasn't the will of God. Jesus sees that. I want you to see that. This is what he's saying to this church. He says, I've seen your works. I know what you're about. I know the purity of your heart. And I know you're probably sitting there like, well, Pastor Ernst, I'm not perfect. There's some things that, that, you know, it's not about doing everything perfectly. Jesus sees your works, and he sees your heart. And I believe that you're listening to me right now, and many of you are listening to me, and you're like, does this apply to me? And I believe by the Spirit, it does. There is an open door set before you. Now, let me just put a pin there right now and just let you know there's going to be some other doors that I, that I teach on in this series. I'm going to teach you about pulling doors and doors that you have to push and other kinds of doors. But today, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to open up this series talking about automatic doors, doors that will open automatically for you that you will not have to pull, push. You won't have to slide. You won't have to knock. You won't have to do anything but walk through. Today, Jesus has set before you an open door. Man, I'm telling you, I want you to get really excited about that because that's what I, that's what I see in my spirit is happening. You're going you're gonna to find that things are just going to open up for you. Man, I was walking in and this, this, this opened up. This, this call just came in. This person just said, I want to do this for you. This gift just came. Without me thinking, this just happened. And you're going to remember this scripture. Jesus is saying to you today, I have set before you an open door. And one of the, beauty, the beauties of this is this, that no one can shut it. So when Jesus sets an open door for you, you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fight and strive. You don't have to be, be afraid that someone's going to take your place. No, this is what Jesus is saying to you. I'm setting before you an open door, a door that will open automatically for you. And the good news is no one can shut it. Man, this is a good time to be alive. Let's see this in demonstration because you might think automatic doors are a modern invention, relatively modern. You know, we've had automatic doors for many, many years, of course. But maybe you don't realize that there were doors that opened automatically, literal doors that opened automatically even in the Bible. So I want to show you the first automatic door <laughs> that opened, and it's found in Acts chapter 12. This is a little door that opened automatically without someone pushing, without someone unlocking, without someone knocking. It just seemed to open. And let me tell you something. It happened in the Bible, and it's happening today. Acts chapter 12, 5 to 10. And let me tell you, Peter in this passage is in prison. 
All right, he's in prison for preaching the gospel. And uh, as, as a result, uh, 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 Herod threw him in prison, and, and the Bible says that the church was praying for him constantly. And one night an angel appeared and rescued Peter r- miraculously. So let's take a look at this. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between the soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10 is the key verse here. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate. This is an iron gate. It's not some flimsy gate. This is an iron gate that leads to the city which opened to them of its own accord. That's an automatic door. The gate just opened by itself. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. This is an example of a door that opened automatically. And I want you to see this as a picture because I believe that there are things that the Lord is going to do, and as you walk, the doors will open automatically. Now, I want you to picture this, this scenario. Imagine you're about 50 feet away from the entrance of the mall. Most malls, you know, they have automatic doors, right? Doors that just open as you approach. But imagine you're 50 feet away, and you're watching people go in and out of the mall. And you have a bewildered look on your face, and you're asking yourself, how come the doors are opening for everyone except for me? Right? Imagine you asking that question to someone. Why is it that everyone that seems to come near this door, the doors just open, but here I am standing here for an hour and the doors do not open for me? I'm sure <laughs> that person will look at you like you're crazy, like you, you don't know how modern uh, technology works. You don't know that these doors are triggered by motion. They're motion sensitive, and as you approach the doors, that's when they open for you. And I feel to tell you by the Spirit that there will be doors that will open for you automatically once you approach. You've been wondering why certain doors don't open, but you're like that individual that's 50 feet away, looking at everybody going in and out, wondering how come these doors don't open for me? Why is it that everyone is getting their big break? Why does it seem like everyone has this opportunity just falling on their lap? What about me? And I feel by the Spirit, the Lord saying to you, walk towards the door. And as you get closer to the door, it will open on its own accord. God right now is setting before you an open door, a door that opens automatically, a door that you don't have to push for or knock on, a door that you don't have to slide and pull and do anything. You just have to walk. 
Man, I'm going to tell you something. This is something that's really, that's been in my heart for quite some time. And I believe that this is what the Lord is saying to you. And throughout the series, again, like I said, you'll see different doors. There's different things that we must do to see other doors open. But there is this door that is so important. It is the door that opens automatically. And I'm speaking that over your life right now. You will walk through the open door. This open door is set. It's not going anywhere. It's not for anybody else. You don't have to fight over it. It is reserved for you. If you're right there listening to me, I want you to shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because there is a door opening for you, and it's happening now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. You know, I was um, um, thinking of a testimony that just came just a couple of days ago. Um, someone from my church uh, called me and said, you know, Pastor, I want to really thank you for, for this advice that you gave me. Uh, because with this whole situation where uh, people are not working and uh, the COVID-19 uh, crisis that this entire country is under, uh, uh, this, this person was, uh, was laid off and was concerned about how they would be able to pay their rent. And I, I, was, I was talking to the individual. I said, you know what? I want you to speak to your landlord, you know, and just, you know, put that request out. And uh, at first, you know, they were listening to me, and, and she expressed to me concern about that because the landlord already extended grace towards her for something else and, you know, already wasn't charging her full, full price. And I just said, you know, I just think you should still do it anyway, you know. And that was the end of the conversation. I didn't think anything of it. Uh, a couple of days later, she calls me or texts me, and she says, oh, my God, I want to thank you for, for that advice because I actually did speak to the landlord, and he dropped the rent by $300, $300. Now, this is something that I want you to see. There was an open door set before her, but she would not have known unless she approached. You see, approaching the open door sometimes comes in the form of making a request, yeah? Sometimes it comes in putting your best foot forward with something, Open doors open when you come close. So sometimes you may think, you know what, my luck has ran out. You know, this person has already been too gracious to me or, or they, they've already been too kind. You know, I don't want to push my luck. I don't want to ask for too much. Mm -mm, this is the season where you can't ask for too much. Nothing is too much. God has set before you an open door. So I don't care if someone has been kind to you in the past. If, if you sense in your heart, God is saying, hey, I still have favor for you. I have st I've still set an open door for you here. I just want to just tell you, go forward with that, right? If you're intimidated or you're, you're, you're afraid of taking advantage of an opportunity or going forward with something, let this be confirmation for you today. God has set before you an open door that opens automatically for you. Approach. Don't stay 50 feet away. Don't stay 100 feet away. Get close. And as you get close, you're going to be triggering something in heaven. Yeah, heaven also has motion sensors. They, they can detect when there is faith. It, heaven knows when you're moving in faith. And when you move in faith, there's something that is triggered, and it opens the door for you. I'm telling you, this is the season where you don't have to push. You don't have to pull. You don't have to knock. You don't have to bang. There's a time for that. But today, there is set before you an open door. I'm, ex I'm excited about that because I'm also thinking about the story of Esther. You know, Esther's a beautiful story. And, you know, at one point, Esther was intimidated. She didn't know whether she can approach the king. You know, her people, the Jewish people were being slaughtered. And her uncle Mordecai was telling her, listen, you got to speak to the king. And you got to let him know about this plot 
that's this plot that's against the Jewish people. And, and don't be afraid. You got to speak up. And Esther was afraid. She didn't know if she was going to be received by the king. And one of the signs that you were received by the king was when the king had his scepter and he pointed it to you. And so as you approached his chambers and he had the scepter and he pointed it to you, that means you can approach. Yeah. And so Esther was mustering up the strength and the courage and she, and she fasted and she said, listen, I'm going to go before the king and if I perish, I perish. You know, in other words, what's the, you know, what, what, what's the worst that could happen to me? Am I going to sit here as the queen and watch my people die or am I going to open up my mouth and, and plead their case before the king? And so she decided I'm going to go into the king's chamber and she approached the king and and, and to her surprise, to her amazement, what did the king do? He extended the, he, he extended the scepter to her. In other words, indicating you have favor with me. You can approach. The doors are open. And I see that in the realm of the spirit, that there's a scepter being pointed towards you. You don't have to be afraid of approaching. I believe doors are opening now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, get excited with me. Doors are opening for you in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm thinking also of Moses. Moses is a a wonderful example of someone who was in a situation where he had to move forward, but there was really no path to move forward. There was, there was nothing. And, and I'm talking specifically about the Red Sea, right? He, he comes to the Red Sea. He's with about a million people that he just rescued from Egypt. But here's the problem. The Egyptian soldiers, they weren't, they, they weren't ready to let him go. And so he looks back and he sees that, wait a minute, Pharaoh and his army are coming to slaughter us. They changed their mind. They're not going to let us go. So he cries to God, God, what are we going to do? And God, what does God say? He says, I want you to move forward. He says, I want you to stretch your hand. He had a staff in his hand. Stretch it forward and move forward. And that's exactly what Moses did. And what happened? Something automatically happened. The Red Sea parted. I want you to know there is a power in moving forward. You may ask, where is this open door? How do I walk through this open door? How does these doors open automatically for me? They open automatically when you decide to move forward. And that's exactly what Moses did. He didn't see another path. He didn't know where to go. He didn't. I mean, it, it could have been that God wanted just to teleport them across the other side. But God said, I want you to walk. I want you to move forward. And as he determined to do that, the Red Sea parted. These are not just nice Bible stories that you hear when you're in, you know, elementary school or 10 10 years old and you just get happy about it. No, God, the Bible says, has these things written for our learning that we can see these things as examples to us, examples of faith, examples by which we are to walk in. So here's the good news. Move forward and the doors will open automatically for you. Glory to God. This is what happens when you move forward and the doors open automatically for you. Number one, open doors will lead to satisfaction. Maybe you are frustrated and not satisfied. Maybe you're, you're at a place where you're just unre- you're at an unrest. You just, you just don't feel like the Lord or you're, you're, you're being satisfied in your walk with God or you're being satisfied in, in life. You just feel like you're in a place where nothing is clicking, nothing's flowing. Is it possible that you need to move forward on something? And when you think about that, and if you do, this is what it leads to. It leads to satisfaction. I like a scripture found in Psalm 78, verses 23 to 25. It says, yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. Now, we know heaven doesn't have any doors, 
Why, 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 why this language? It's because what God is painting a picture of is that heaven has, heaven has the ability to release, and I'm talking about God himself, he releases things, but sometimes there are things like doors that prevent it from being released, right? Sometimes you could be praying for something and it just feels like there's a block, right? Or you're, you're trying to find your way and, and, and this door doesn't seem to open and that door doesn't seem to open. God understands that picture. So he paints this imagery of heaven having doors like above you. And, and, and the Bible describes it as he opens those doors. And what happens? He rained down manna on them to eat and gave them bread of heaven. Men ate angels' food, and he sent them food to the full. That's the word I want to really just have you lock in on. He sent them food to the full, to the full. That means they were fully satisfied. That means when God gave manna, when he opened the doors, automatically what happened? They were satisfied. That's what open doors lead to. It leads to you being satisfied. I'm speaking satisfaction in your soul. I'm speaking satisfaction to your mind, to your family, to your home life, satisfaction to your career, to your work life. Whatever you do, wherever you are in life, I'm declaring right now, this is a time for you to walk in satisfaction. The doors are opening for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satisfaction in your marriage. If you're not satisfied, may the Lord open those doors automatically. May you walk in and enjoy your marriage to the full. May you enjoy your wife to the full, your husband to the full, your children to the full. I want that to be your confession. I will enjoy this to the full. The Lord is opening doors. The doors of heaven are open before me, over me, and I'm walking through those doors, and I'm enjoying, and you fill in the blank, to the full. That is your portion today in Jesus' name. Number two, open doors will lead to insight into the future. How many want to know? How many of you right now would say, I would, I would like to know what my future holds, right? Or, or, or what decision I should make? Or what's coming up? Or what's, what, what does next year look like? What, how will things pan out here? You know, and I, I, won't, I won't sit here to tell you that you'll know every single detail about every single thing about the future. No, the Bible doesn't promise that. But here's what you do know, that God wants to reveal some things to you about your future. He wants to still you and let you know that I have you. And he'll give you pictures. He'll give you glimpses. He'll give you dreams. He'll give you prophetic words, confirming words. He'll lead you by his spirit. He'll let you know, I have something coming up. And you might not have the full picture. You may not have every single thing in great detail, but you can have enough where you know, oh, I have insight into the future. And that happens when God opens doors. And let me show you how this looks. And this is found again in Revelations chapter 4. And it says, verse 1, after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up. Here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. And that's what a door represents. It's a threshold from one place to the next. And a door represents that. And here, the Apostle John is getting this revelation. And what does he hear? Come up. Come, come through this door, in other words. Let me show you what's going to happen from this point forward. Let me give you insight into the future. All right, right, right where you are, would you just lift up your hands and say, Lord, give me insight 
Give me foresight. Cause me to see what you have ordained for me. Yeah, let that be your prayer each day. Lord, give me insight and give me foresight. Cause me to see what you've ordained for me. Let that be your, your personal prayer. Let your heart rest in that prayer, knowing that God wants to do that. He wants to reveal things to you. And the way he does it, he calls you up. He says, come up. Sometimes you got to come up a little bit. Sometimes you got to leave certain things behind and come up. And when you come up, when you leave certain things behind, what happens? The doors begin to open automatically. Oh, that's awesome news, I'm telling you. And so, yeah, sometimes it may involve a little fasting and it may involve a little praying, absolutely. It may involve some consecration. But here's the thing. Those things do not force the doors to open. Mm -mm. It's the grace of God that opens those doors. You know what those things do? They push you in front of those doors. The doors open automatically because you are in position. And that's the thing I want you to see. So no amount of fasting will cause those doors to open. No amount of praying will. No, it's not that. It's, it puts you in the position where heaven recognizes motion and the doors begin to open. This is what Jesus said. He says, you know what? The reason why you could not cast out this devil is because this one comes out but by prayer and fasting. And, 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 and at first he talked about their unbelief. So when you're in prayer and fasting, what happens? Unbelief leaves you, and you're at a place where you can operate with full clarity and authority, and it's that that allows you to, to execute power over the enemy in a greater dimension, right? But it's still the name of Jesus that does it. It's not that God says, oh, you fasted? Okay, here, let me give you a gold star, and now this thing will open. No, no, no. Everything lies on the name and power of the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to be very clear about that. But fasting and prayer or other things that the Lord may be calling you up from, he may say, listen, leave that. You don't need that in this season. Leave that. What does it do? It just puts you in position where the sensors begin to detect that you're here. Where are you? Where are you? Because maybe you're at a place where the sensors aren't picking you up. And that's what the Lord is saying. I want the sensors to begin to pick where you are. And once you're in position, I will do the rest. You won't have to bang on the door. You won't have to yell. You won't have to press an intercom. You just got to show up. And those doors will open for you. I'm releasing that grace over your life in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands one more time. Say, Lord, give me insight. Give me foresight. Cause me to see what you have ordained for me. Amen. I believe that that's, if that's your sincere prayer, if that's your sincere desire, the Lord's going to start calling you up. He's going to start calling you up to things. He's going to start to say, okay, I have something more for you. I want to do this for you. This is your time. Let me close with a story that I think is going to bless you, and that is a common story that we know, and that is Peter, you know, Peter walking on water. Because the last thing I want to tell you is that open doors lead to relationship with Jesus. You know, we talk about Peter walking on water and how miraculous that was. The Bible describes that the disciples were in the boat. It was, it was like, you know, in the middle of the night, it was in a storm. Jesus wasn't with them, and they were afraid, and they were, they, they were struggling in the water, and then they saw Jesus walking, and they were afraid. And Peter said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come. Because Jesus tried to calm them down. He says, hey, it's me. I'm not a ghost. And he says, okay, if that's you, bid me to come. In other words, call me to you. I want to walk on water. 
to you. And here's the thing I want to I want you to see. A lot of times we get excited that G, that that Peter actually walked on water. And that is the that is the miraculous part of the story. Let's be clear about that. But notice what Peter asked. He didn't say, "If that's you, cause me to walk on water." Mm-mm. He says, "Call me to you." I want to do the miraculous, but I want it to lead to you. And what did Jesus said? He said, "Come." In other words, you have an open door. Come to me. And it was when Jesus said, come, that Peter got out of the water. And where was he going? He was going to Jesus. He didn't come out the boat. It was like, ooh, I'm out of the boat. I'm walking on water. I'm dancing. I'm running around. No, the purpose of coming out the boat wasn't to walk on water. It was to come to Jesus. And I want you to know something right now, that God wants you to come out your boat and to do the miraculous, and he wants to rescue you from things that you can't rescue yourself from. But this is the point. The point is for you to come to him, your relationship to be with him. It, thank God for miracles. We need them. We need more of them, and, the, and, and, and more we receive in Jesus' name. But don't lose sight of the fact that it all has to lead to relationship with Jesus. That's, that's what this is about. And Peter walked on water and began to be afraid, the Bible said. And as he was afraid, he began to sink. But notice, he said, Lord, he still recognized it was Jesus. And because he was close to Jesus, Jesus was able to grab him and bring him up. Now, if Peter said, cause me to walk on water, and Jesus said, okay, go walk on water, and Peter got out the boat and started walking somewhere else and started just dancing and just excited that he was walking on water, when he began to sink, he would not have been in proximity to be helped by Christ. I want to just tell you something really quick as I close. This is the time for you to have open doors with, when it comes to relationship with Jesus. He wants to bring you closer to him. He wants to have that kind of relationship. He wants you to have that kind of relationship with him. And you may think, well, you know, I feel so far. I feel so distant. You don't have to feel that way. Right now, there is set before you an open door of intimacy. Receive that now in the name of Jesus. Man, my time is up. You know what? But stay with me. I'm going to share with you uh, uh, some, some important things on how to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we're going to also take communion. But just lift up your hands right now and say, thank you, Lord, for that word. I will walk through those open doors. In the name of Jesus, I receive insight, foresight for what God has ordained for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, that Let me tell you something. I just had a great time sharing that word with you. And, um, you know, today is our first Sunday of the month of May. And for that reason, we're going to just enjoy this moment that we call communion. And so I hope you have um, a piece of bread with you, some juice, because this is something that man didn't come up with. It's not like, you know, some religious leaders came up with and said, you know, it would be great if we did this ritual and, and it'd be great if we, you know, said that it would represent the death of Jesus and, 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 and us remembering him. No, Jesus actually said this. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to remember me this way. And I want you to remember my death specifically this way. You know, and the good news is, of course, he's alive. So we're not memorializing him in the sense of a, of a sad memorial, like, oh, that's terrible, he died. We're actually celebrating his death because we understand that his death means something, right? His death means something. Like, norm, a lot of times when we, when we memorialize someone, we're, we're, we're memorializing their life, right? 
where because their life meant something to us, right? Their life is what brought joy to us. Their life is what put a smile on our face. We're remembering the good times, so we're really celebrating their life. No one goes to a funeral celebrating their death, but Jesus, his death was unique. He says, I want you to actually remember my death because it's in my death that you found life. It's in my death that you can have relationship with God. And so I want you to grab, um, if you could, the, uh, the piece of bread. I'm going to do the same with you. And uh, we're going to definitely um, take communion and celebrate what the bread of Christ represents. And the bread of Christ represents his body, his body, his body that was broken for us. And the Bible declares that on the night that he took bread, he ripped it and he passed it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. Uh, this is my body, which is broken for you. And this is the perfect time, the perfect time to receive healing in your body. So I don't care what it is that you're experiencing. I want you to know that healing right now is available to you. Supernatural healing, supernatural healing. I want you to know that there is power in the body of Christ. The Bible declares that his stripes, his wounds, the things that he endured physically paid the price for our health. Praise God, man, that's so amazing. Let me tell you something. It would have been more than enough if his death just forgave us of our sins. I mean, what more can you ask for? But I believe that God wanted to sweeten the pot up, if he would. He says, no, nah, I, I, I don't want to just forgive you of your sins. That would have been enough. But I want to do something extra. I want to I pay the price for, us, for sickness and disease. I want to pay the price so that you don't have to have sickness and disease uh, uh, marring your body and ravaging your body. You can be whole. You can experience supernatural health and healing. Uh, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down. Thank you for the stripes that you endured. And we take this piece of bread. We thank you that you died for us so that we can have life. And Lord God, we declare that we have life in your body. We have health in your body. We're whole because of the stripes of Jesus. So thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us commune. After he took the piece of bread and he passed it to his disciples, he also took um, a cup of wine, right? We use juice, but he, it was actually wine. And um, what I like about communion really is the way they did it back then, and even some churches do it this way. Uh, they, it was literally one cup. Actually, I grew up in a church like that at one point. Um, they, they later changed the, tra the, the tradition, but they literally had one cup, one big cup that they passed around, <laughs> you know, to the entire congregation. Everyone had to take a little sip. Um, and, and it's supposed to signify communion, uh, uh, doing something uh, together as a community and literally drinking in one cup. And that was really the scene that Jesus had. He had one cup and they all, you know, and, and you know, you see that, you see that even on the corner, you know, sip and pass, right? Sip and pass. If, if you know what that is, people drinking, you know, they'll sip and pass, sip and pass, right? They're having communion. <laughs> you know, and Jesus was doing that with his disciples. He was like, sip and pass. <laughs> and they were coming into the revelation that something different was about to happen. And Jesus said, this is my blood. This is the New Testament in my blood. In other words, um, this, this is the breaking of a new era, right? The dawn of a new era is that no longer will you be justified 
before God because of the religious works you do and you keeping the laws. No, this is the new era that I'm introducing, the New Testament, that you will be forgiven and justified because of my blood. My blood forgives you. My blood washes you. My blood cleanses you. And this is why we celebrate the death. It's not just the resurrection. I know the resurrection is the fun part. He rose. He got up. Oh, my God, you know. But it was through the death of Jesus Christ that the offering of our sins was paid or the price for our sins was paid. Okay? And so this represents his blood. And we're going to receive communion. Father, thank you that it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we're forgiven. Thank you that we have life. Thank you that we are clean and we're washed. And, Father, we just honor you for the work of salvation that you planned, that you orchestrated, that you executed. Father, we had nothing to do with it. You did it all, and we take full glory in you, not in us, Lord God, the glory that you, Lord God, planned out in the plan of salvation. We relish and boast in it, and we thank you that today we're forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future. In Jesus' name, amen. If God is changing our life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.